Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Psychic's Thoughts. Today, we're going to be discussing something that I've been hinting at for a while and finally have time to talk about, and that is the Oculus Quest 2. So, for beginners, just just so you know, that that's a VR headset, VR gaming headset, made by Oculus, who's now owned by Facebook. And the Quest 2 just came out in October of 2020, which is pretty recent. And um, it's a long story, really, on how I got into VR, got interested, you know, in the first place. But to put it simply, um, I had some friends who had it over the years. Uh, I've always been kind of looking at it, especially since I read... uh, my one of my all-time favorite books if not yeah no it's my all-time favorite book ready player one uh, ready player two is also great not quite as good of, but you know it's hard to make a sequel as good as the first one it's a different tone but it's still a very good book i highly recommend it but anyway ready player one is about uh vr and how that is um you know taking over the world in terms of entertainment and and life lifestyle so that kind of really got me interested, and that was in about 2015, 2016, and I was always looking at it, but, you know, I never bought into it just because it's a lot of money, and you needed a PC at the time, and all these other things, and so I kind of put it in the back of my mind. I worried about uh, maybe PC gaming. I I stuck with my Xbox. I know that might cause some uh, ruffled feathers, but I, I like my Xbox. I don't care what other people say. I like, I mostly play third-party games anyways, so it doesn't really matter to me. Um, and, and so that's, that's the gist of <laughs> kind of how I got into VR. And I did some cool things with VR with friends and stuff, but it wasn't very long. It was very brief. And I kind of, kind of just left it, you know, just didn't worry about it. And then, my friends reintroduced me, um, friends who I've been gaming with, uh, C's actually, who I've talked about multiple times, one of the best rappers I know and a close friend of mine. We play, uh, Xbox, uh, you know, pretty often. And he was telling me he and his buddy got, uh, the Oculus Quest 2 and that they love it. And they said that they're mostly going to start just playing that. And they were really my only friends I played Xbox with. And I'm fine playing video games alone, but it was kind of like, damn guys, you're really going to short me out like that? Um... So yeah. Of course they still they still play some Xbox with me, but um so they they said just get the Quest 2. Please get it. Da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, maybe, but I I don't know. It's been a while. I haven't done my research and I I like to research things meticulous, especially if it's a big investment, you know, like if it's over $100, I'm doing some research. I'm making sure it's worth that that price point. I know that's not as big of an investment as like a car or a house. I get that. But when you get a new phone or you get a new uh console or a computer or something that's in the couple hundred if not more dollars, it's worth uh it's worth looking into the um downsides the pros the cons the if you're going to use it i mean that's the biggest thing it might be built like a dream but if you're not into vr or if it makes you nauseous or all these other issues that may arise don't get it you know but you can't it's not like you can try a vr headset i mean you can well not right now not during covid but you might have been able to in some scenarios but it's not 
It's not easy to try one, and you really don't know how good VR is until you put it on. That's like one of those things you can't watch on YouTube. It doesn't do it justice. It may help with some info, but it doesn't do it justice on its experience. Like this podcast. This podcast doesn't do much justice on the experience of VR, but I am just going to give you my thoughts and opinions on it um, because I know a handful of you guys like to hear my thoughts on entertainment, pop culture, and video games. And I'm a big gamer. I've been gaming since I was five, and I've tried a little of everything. PC gaming, this and that. I don't have a PC. Um, I don't have all these consoles, but I've always tried them. I've ventured into them, and I've uh, I've logged a few hours in almost every medium of gaming, and I've been gaming all my life, so I'm not going to say I'm the most uh, credible source, but I'm not the least credible source. So, so I did my research, right? I spent a week really looking into it more. I've, I've been doing research and following it for years, kind of left it in the, in the back of my mind for a while, focused on some other things, right? And then they, they kind of, my friends kind of brought it back into my mind. And I started doing some research and thinking about it and figuring it out. Looking at the battery life. How does it work? What are the games? What are the pros? What are the cons? I, you know, and I'm some meticulous research. What is it worth the investment now? Do I wait? And I just kind of came to. And I'm like, you know what? This seems like a perfect time. My friends are on it. I'm about to go to a move into, transfer into a college dorm. Right? And yes, it takes some space to have VR, but... You know, it, not as much as a plasma or flat screen TV or whatever. Um, it's portable. It's not, you don't need a PC for the Oculus Quest 2. Okay, we're talking the Oculus Quest 2. Don't get it mixed up. Um, you don't need a PC. Uh, you can you can link your PC to it if you have one and get some of the games from there. And, and, that, and that's a cool way of doing that if you want to expand your library or, or uh, venture into Leap. Uh, the least amount of cords possible for VR. But for folks like me who don't have PC or don't have other VR configurations, I think this is a good stepping stone. It's, it's fucking phenomenal from a mechanical standpoint. And I'm not the smartest uh, person in the world and I don't understand how all of it works. But what I do understand is that for what the price point and the features and the amount of ingenuity and consideration and thought that was put into building this headset, it's pretty ingenious. It's it's pretty incredible when you look at it from a hardware standpoint. So real quick, for those who may not want to listen to the full dive, the full breakdown of my probably 20 or maybe a little more hours now for having this VR for a, almost a month now, right? You get about two and a half to three and a half, give or take, hours per session. The first two weeks I had it, I played it obsessively. This last week, I haven't been able to get on it as much. But you add it up, you're at about, I'm at about 20 hours, I, I would think. Um, which is not hard to do. That sounds like a lot of hours, and it is, but that's not hard to do when you're in VR. Yeah, right? That's part of that immersion. Anyway, so I'll get into the specifics, but for those who just want the quick breakdown within... The first 10 minutes of this podcast, let me give it to you straight. It's If you're new to VR and you want to get into VR, I don't see any better way of doing this. It's not like the Oculus Go. It's not like some shitty you slot your phone in. This is a full gaming machine. You play full games. Is it as 
fleshed out or as powerful as some of the other headsets on the market? No. Does it show as much graphic fidelity? No. Is that okay? Yeah, because the gameplay experience, it topples it every time. Graphics don't matter as much. Of course, you want the graphics to improve over time. This is a new headset as well. So if you're looking at buying in, you're not buying an old headset that's going to be irrelevant. You're buying a headset that isn't even a year into its lifespan. So there's that. It's got headroom in terms of how it's built processing power-wise. These games are not maxing out its full processing power potential. That's a lot of P's in alliteration. But do you see what I'm saying? So, like, the games that are on the Oculus Quest 2 that have either been from the Quest 1 and optimized or that are built strictly for the Quest 2 as good as they are, they can still scale up in terms of resolution, in terms of graphic fidelity, even in terms, in some cases, of refresh rate and, and frame rate and stuff like that. So there's still room to expand in in its graphic fidelity, in its performance from game to game. It's got a... It really, there are no wires other than when you're charging it. It's pretty comfortable. You do... If you're like me, and if you're going to play it a lot, I recommend you get the Elite Strap. It's very useful. It helps balance it more. It's more secure. It reduces headache and tension. Um, but the strap that it comes with works fine. If you know how to kind of configure it or if you get comfy with it, that's great. The face mask that's in it, that, you know, the foam, that part that touches your face, um, these parts are replaceable and interchangeable. Um, it's a little rough and for people with sensitive skin or who get irritated like that, it was bothering me. It was kind of rubbing my face a little funny and I didn't love the feeling of it. So I got a, uh, I believe a $30 two different types of more plush memory le leather PU f uh, foam, memory foam. It's softer on the face. It's much more enjoyable. It actually allows better, so a little better circulation. Those are just some comfort things. Um, when all said and done, both those accessories cost about 80 bucks, which, you know, uh, but at, at 60, if you get, there's two versions of the Oculus Quest 2 you could buy. There's the 64 gig, um, three hundred dollar two ninety nine and then there's the two hundred and what's it uh over two hundred gigs like two hundred and eighteen or something ridiculous like that um probably more than that two hundred thirty six i think uh for four hundred so if you want to pay a hundred extra dollars you can't slot out memory cards you the storage you get is what you're with you know but keep in mind sixty four gigs right now is plenty now the, the largest game on the Oculus Quest 2 store, not including Steam, just straight from the Oculus store, I believe is the new Walking Dead game, and that's about 10 gigabytes. And once you get the, once you start up, you already lose five or six gigs from, you know, just it, so it can run. So you don't, you get like, you get like, I think 58 gigs f to work with. Um, that houses about 10 to 12 games. And that's plenty. And you can uninstall and reinstall them at any point. So if if you don't want to worry about that and you want to shell out the extra 100 by all means, get the bigger uh, memory slot. Especially as these games are going to become a little more advanced and take up more space, that might be something to consider. But for me, I figured I don't... It might have been smart to buy that, but they're, they're, they're still out of stock, actually. So I was lucky to get one as quickly as I did. Um, I got the 64 gig. I figured save the 100 and use that 
extra cash to buy games and to buy those two accessories just to kind of pad myself so I'm not spending over 500 I'm spending a little over 400 when all said and done but for the but for my folks who don't want to stay around the price of it for the price the power and the play that you get out of it it's worth it 100% if you're interested in getting VR if you're afraid of motion sickness please don't be it is manageable they actually give you levels of how comfortable it is for people who have motion sickness i have severe motion sickness like i can't do roller coasters without getting sick and it sucks because i'm not afraid of them i just can't do it without getting nauseous um i get car sick easily uh if i walk too quickly i can get motion sick so take it from somebody who has severe motion sickness what i do what i've been doing is it takes some time to adjust. So allow yourself to adjust to the headset. If you get nauseous, if you get queasy or out of it, motion sick, whatever, put it down. It's not worth it. Pushing through actually makes it worse for the next time you put on the headset. So put it down, take a break. But what I recommend is staying hydrated, keeping your room or wherever you're playing cool. Cooler temperatures help with motion, reducing motion sickness. I wear motion wristbands every time I play. They help me. And uh, like those C-bands, those uh, $15 bands you can get at CVS and Walgreens and stuff. And I also so far have uh, a, like a, a 30-day supplies of 24-hour lasting ginger, natural ginger root capsules that are meant for motion sickness that I just take. They're, they're, they're like 20 bucks, you know. But I take one every time, 30 minutes before I play, and it lasts me 24 hours, and it, and it helps. I haven't played without without taking the pill or the motion bands. So I might be accustomed to it now where I don't need it, but I'd rather just play it safe and not worry about motion sickness. And that remedies it, my severe motion sickness for me to play most games, right? So keep that in mind. But like I said, overall, if you're looking into new hardware, honestly, as cool as the PS5 and Xbox Series X sounds, and I want to get one of them at some point, right? Going from VR back to console is weird. And I, I still love console games. Console games are more fleshed out. You can do more with them. They're a full package. The VR games, not a lot of them are plenty fun, but they're not always a full package. But but I don't know how many people are aware. There are full multiplayer games. You got shooters. You got puzzles. You got every kind of genre now. You've got high graphics and you got action. You got less, uh, more rudimentary graphics. You got kids games. You got all these things. You got educational tools. It's... It's a really cool system. The biggest downside, honestly, for me, is the battery life. You can get battery packs and attach them and, and be weird like that. Or, you know, there's configurations you can do. But the on a full charge, you're getting two and a half to three and a half hours, depending on the game, depending on, you know, everything you're running in that in that time frame. It's not great. Uh, I kind of wish it was maybe four to five hours, maybe even more. Right, but considering that you're getting sixty to nine or seventy to ninety frames per second, considering you're running full games. I mean, you're running full ass games essentially. You're playing VR. The controllers have, you know, it comes with the controllers. They have like forty eight hour battery. I have yet to charge them. I don't really know how to charge them. I haven't needed to yet, so that's no concern. So you just throw it on the charger. And it's got a bunch of safety things. You create a guardian boundary. As soon as you step out, it actually has an eye uh, infrared feature. So you can actually see things around you 
pretty well, kind of black and white, but it highlights everything around you. So, and there's a feature you can select in your settings. It's called pass-through. Double tap on the headset, and it automatically goes to that feature. That way, you don't have to um, run the risk of running into something where if someone's talking, you can just quickly tap it. Look, it's not as clear as, of course, taking the headset off, but it's a good way. And if you step out of the guardian bounds that you draw, you know, the place where it's safe to play so you don't run into things, if you, as soon as your headset steps out, well, if you if your hand moves out of it, it lets you know, it vibrates, the guardian boundary shows red, all those things. And then if you, if your headset goes through it, it goes to infrared, it pauses your game. So I have yet to run into anything. So that's also a thing you don't have to really worry about. Anyway, for people who just want to be in the first 20 minutes, sorry, I went on a little longer than I thought for this intro. It's worth it. If you're interested in VR, if you want to get a start in it, or if you want something new in your gaming life, I highly recommend it. So if you're just like, let me just hear what he's got to say in, in, in the brief 20 minutes, which is brief for me considering my podcast can go on for 90 minutes. <laughs> and I'm sorry for those people who don't want to listen that long, but uh, I just got that much to say sometimes. So that's that's the gist of it. It's worth it, and it's really fun. Now I'm going to get into the specifics of everything I've learned and experienced from the Oculus Quest 2. Stick around after the break. Thanks. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Psychic's Thoughts. I appreciate you all coming through and listening and sticking around through the ads. That helps me. Um, I know th- um, this is a little disjointed. I actually, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I sat down and started, rec- I recorded the first part, the intro part, yesterday. And then I had some things come up and I got busy. And I've been busy today, so I'm coming back around to it because I wanted to finish this podcast. So I apologize for if it seems a little uh, disjointed. And I, I listened to the first part, and I'm like, that's good. Um, you know, sometimes I re-record these things, but 17 minutes worth of content for the most part, which is good. I, it's not, It's not like, oh my God, it's unlistenable, if that's a word. Um, so I decided to keep it. So... I think I was originally going to go into, like, I was, I've taken a different route, as you can tell. Instead of going, the first part is the overview, the summary for those who don't want to stick around the entire time. That's okay. But um, at the very end of the first part, I was saying, oh, we're going to get into the specifics of the hardware and specifics of these things and that. No, we're doing a little differently. I started with cons, trying to get those out of the way real quick. I did go on a tangent, so it's longer than it should be, but that's okay. Pros. We're going to talk about pros now and games. I'm going to just combine them. This can probably be the longest segment, so bear with me. But the pros are, and I've mentioned this before. I've probably mentioned all this before at this point in the overview section. The pros are significant. For 300 or 400, if you're getting the, the bigger storage device, the Oculus Quest 2 is a full gaming hardware machine, and there's no two ways about it. For those who may not have been keeping up or paying attention, not to this podcast, I mean in general, with VR. If you're thinking of getting something like that Google YouTube Cardboard thing, or this the Oculus Go, which is where you slot your phone in. No, 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 my friend. You are getting, you are getting full VR, or damn near full VR, without 
without wires, which is the biggest selling point. And it's kind of interesting they make that the biggest selling point. Um, and it's and it makes sense because almost every other VR headset has a few cables and they have to connect to your PC. And that's the biggest selling point. If you don't have a PC, which many people don't, or, you know, don't, or if you have a PC based on a gaming PC that's optimized to handle VR, you're shit out of luck. You shouldn't have a VR. But the Oculus Quest, uh, the first one, I think, I think you didn't need a PC, but I don't, I don't remember actually, so don't scratch that. We're not going to worry about that. Oculus Quest 2 is for sure you don't need a PC. The hardware is there. That's why it's on a battery, though. I mean, that's why it dies in three hours. I don't know if PC-related VR headsets... I assume they're just getting power from the PC, which is getting power from your your house outlet, right? So, probably not going to run out of power. I, I think there might be a small battery reserve in the VR headset for like an hour or so if you decided to unplug it. I think some of them you can now unlink from your PC. And of course, PC has a larger library using Steam and they have a bunch of VR games that are either more graphically intense and, you know, because this is the entry VR headset. It's still very, it's like, um, I don't know. I guess it would be like getting... I guess I guess you could equivocate it to like consoles, like a home console, like an Xbox or a PlayStation. This VR headset is like that. It stands on its own. It's not quite as powerful. It doesn't have quite the amount of games. And with that, you have some of the inconveniences and hiccups, but it's, for the most part, you get better bang for your buck for the power, for the gameplay that you get. So if you're not... A big PC person and if you're not somebody who knows is going to spend as many hours of the living day to be in VR then the Oculus Quest 2 is perfectly fine for you you know the battery stuff will give you headaches I guarantee you you're going to be like oh man the fun is over already but it's almost a good thing in the sense that it you can't play it I mean you can't play it for forever I guarantee I if there was a weekend where I didn't have anything important to do, which sometimes there is, oh, that's becoming fewer and fewer, um, and I was able to just play some VR, my God, I might not ever take it off for the weekend, you know? So it is It is good that, <laughs> that it has to just, by its design, shut off. I mean, there is a blessing in disguise when it comes to that. It is unfortunate, though, that it is only within about a two to three hour time frame. Uh, that's the shame. If it was four to five hours, that's perfectly fine. I don't see myself gaming for more than three to four hours at max, and that's stretching it. So that's fine. That would have been better, but that's okay. I've already bitched and moaned about that. So, so yeah, there there are headsets that are thousands of dollars, VR headsets that are behemoths compared to this, but but you're paying thousands of dollars, and you already have a PC that's probably... Upwards of five to six hundred. So at the end of the day, you're working with two to three thousand dollar equipment, maybe a little less, right? 
But if you just also, it's hardwired. You have wires. There are these dollies and pulley systems that you can use and and buy. And there are there's whole communities on Reddit where they're like how to manage cords when you're in VR, so you don't unplug it or and you have to set up cancer uh cancer camera systems, not cancer. My bad. You have to set up camera systems around your room so it knows where you are. You know, all fine. I assume it's really fun. Still, I mean, VR. It, as it is, the concept and how it works is amazing, right? So however you get around to playing it is all well and good, really. But I will say that the ease of access and entry is phenomenal. I know a lot about PCs, and the fact that you can, from the get-go, you... Oh, also the controllers? I didn't even mention the controllers on the... I mentioned briefly, they feel great. You got a little joystick, you got some buttons, some triggers. Um, you got the little wrist strap put around your wrist so you don't have to worry about dropping it. And you need to you need to put the wrist straps on. It's not hard. And, you know, it's just like the Wii nunchuck stuff. I mean, you do... And it's not just because you don't want to throw something and slip and break something or break the controller. It, it's that. It's that you don't want to... You'll forget that you're holding a controller at times and you might just drop it anyway, just casually, like on the floor, and there's no reason for that. Also, if you do, if you're setting up and you don't have your controllers in your hand or if you drop them somehow, um, your your headset will know. It'll find them in the game. Or you can... And I highly implore everybody to turn this feature on in your settings. It's called Under Experimental Features if you have the headset. It's called Pass-Through. And it's where you double tap your headset physically, like press the side of it. And it and it turns on the IR cameras, infrared cameras. Which there are, I believe, four of them on the headset. And that's what allows you to gauge your space. So you draw a guardian boundary when you set up. And standing or sitting. Actually, sitting is a little different. It's like a just a general area but once you sit down it locks it in places where you're the center anyway you have a guardian boundary set up and it when you're standing up the grid will kind of flash red and or whatever color you preset it to but it will turn and your controller will vibrate and it'll show through the game whatever you're playing whatever you're in that way you know you're about to hit something if your physical headset not just your arms or hands or whatever the headset itself starts to go through it. Not only does it vibrate and show red, but if it gets a little further through it and breaks through, instantly turns on the infrared. And the infrared is a very handy feature because it helps you see everything around you. Of course, if you have lights on, it's extremely bright because it's infrared, so, you know. But I was amazed they had that. I didn't I didn't think that they would have that. I didn't know. I, I figured it was safe enough, but I had no idea. And I'm glad I have that. That gives me... I've never felt unsafe playing it, I'll tell you that much. Never in a time. It's not like I have a massive room. And it's there's never been a point where I'm like, I am deathly concerned about hitting this, knocking over, hurting myself or something. Other than my fan. It doesn't know objects of direct height necessarily. I mean, it knows things on the ground. It'll tell you when you're setting up to move these things. But the fan, you can't... Like my ceiling fan, I can't just be like, here we go, rip it out of the wall and, you know... I wish I could. That'd be kind of cool. But the, um, and I like to have that on. It keeps the room cool. And that when, you, when you're playing, if you can have some ginger, some water, take it easy and keep your room cool. It helps with 
motion sickness, which I do, um, and because I have pretty bad motion sickness, so I like to keep the fan on, especially if it just gets hot or if I'm sweating and working up a sweat. So I can't climb in games unless I'm sitting down because I will reach up and I will punch my fan, and that's not fun. So that's really the only time I've ever bumped things. That's only happened two or three times. And so I could just turn off my fan when I'm doing a climbing mode. I mean, it's as simple as that, right? So it's all easy to fix. Um, but it does have infrared, which is really cool. And you can press, double press, and it's called pass-through. And then you can you can walk through your house with that on if you want. It's not... I mean, there's a little depth difference. Like, when you reach out, it's a, it's like a... I'd say an inch off. So it's not perfect because it's an infrared, but it's not, it's not, it works. I mean, it keeps you safe and it allows you to see your surroundings. You can, you could check your phone on it. Also, here's the thing. If you have an iPhone and you have an Oculus, I implore you to turn on pass-through and play around your iPhone. It'll give you a headache because the facial scanner on the iPhone for Face ID has an IR sensor to scan your face, which, of course, we can't see with the naked eye. But when you have another IR scanner looking at it that can, it flashes at you when you open up your phone a lot. But then I realized the other day it still is flashing at you here and there. So it's still reading your face, which is interesting. Of course it is. There's a camera and an infrared scanner. But it's interesting the infrared scanner is almost always flashing. Um, I don't know. And it flashes more, of course, when you're trying to open up something that takes the face ID. I'm not saying it's unsafe. I'm just saying it's really interesting to finally be able to see the infrared that cameras and phones and use. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, um, that's a really cool feature. And um, the touch controllers... There's, there is haptic feedback. I don't know why when I first got the headset, but it occurred to me after I bought it and was doing some research, I couldn't find anywhere somebody confirming or denying if there was haptic feedback. And it scared me. I'm like, wait, they might not be able to, you know, it might be too much. It might, maybe they don't have it optimized. I don't know. The headset's a char- rechargeable. It's a USB-C 3 port, I believe. Um, and it comes with one, so you don't have to worry about that. And that's all well and good. It takes about an hour to to an hour and a half to fully charge, so it takes almost half the time it does to actually play. So that's good. I mean, if you if you really can if you can wait an hour and take an hour long break, you can get six hours in with an hour long break. That's not too shabby. I've never done that. I've never needed to, but that's actually not a bad deal. But um, but also the Oculus controllers they have to be they have batteries. But they have AA batteries, and you might think, Jesus Christ, they're like Xbox. No. Um, I've played at least 20 to 30 hours, and I am at, I'm not even at 50% on these controllers. So you're getting a good, you're probably going to get a good 48 hours of gameplay out of the controllers before you have to even think about switching AA batteries. So no concern there. Almost makes you wish they, they had a AA battery slot in the headset itself for if you run out of lithium ion. That wouldn't work, I know, but it'd be kind of fun. Like, pop out like a shotgun shell. Anyway, um, those are just some cool hardware things that you may not realize um, or know about. 
uh, and, it, and it all runs smoothly when you're using your cursor on the menu. You can feel the haptic feedback. It's very pinpointed. It's It feels good. It feels well balanced. The headset is relatively lightweight. Uh, if you get a good head strap, I suggest the Elite Strap and the VR soft facial cover, memory foam face covers. Just if you have sensitive skin or get irritated by those things, especially the face cover thing. The Elite Strap, I think everybody should get. It's so much better. You, it has, it's a lot more firm and solid. It's larger, um, and it secures around your head, reduces headaches, and it reduces, it makes you feel comfortable to look down. On the base strap, you really, it takes a couple days of getting adjusted to it, and you can figure it out. There's no reason not to if you don't want to invest the 50 bucks or whatever, but I'm not great at tying things. My girlfriend can attest to that, so... I mean, I'm able to fasten the, the default strap, and I got it. I actually got it to a point where it was pretty comfy. Um, but when I looked down, even then, it still felt a little, a little insecure. And over time, it kind of got just a hair looser. So, you know, it also gave me a headache because it was lopsided. There was no weight on the back. It was strapped to your skull, and that was holding all this frontal weight of the entire headset because it was an elastic band, whereas this is more of a hard, hard shell with a crank in it, which sounds painful. It's not. It's like a, it's like a soft, hard hat. It fits your... It can expand massively, so it fits almost any head, and you just tighten it till you're comfy, and that's it. It's a lot faster to put on, too. So I suggest you get that. Um, that helps. But yeah, uh, controllers, all the accessories and hardware are phenomenal. They work well. There's no hiccups there. You do want to clean your lens. Maybe get some lens cover. You want to clean out your headset. You got to take care of it. The speakers work phenomenally well. They're actually very loud. You don't need anything. It does have a 3.5 millimeter head jack. You could do a headset if you want. Um, headphones and stuff. The mic works plenty well. Um, never had an issue with that. So all that's well and good. Hardware is exceptional. And once you're playing a game and you understand the engineer, the ingenuity within the engineering department, you're, I mean, kudos to Oculus because not only are they able to make a game that plays fast and fun and all that, but they have the lens, the IP adjusters, I believe, three settings there. I mean, just all these conveniences, glasses spacers, uh, glasses spacer that comes with the headset, if you have glasses, you can play. I mean... It's just all these things that make it so as soon as you open that box, you can play it. You know, as soon as you get set up and acclimated, you're in and you're good to go. And it's fun. So games. Let's talk games, shall we? Or should I say, no, nah, we'll do that here. Fuck it, this will be a longer segment. The games are really fun. I have... Onward, which is not like the Pixar film. It's a military sim shooter. I've got Rec Room. I've got the table tennis, realistic table tennis. I just got Poker's, Poker Star, Poker All-Star something. And what else? I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, In Death Unchained. Those are the big games. Games range from... I guess $5, but for the most part, $10 to 40 40 are your big hitting games. The Walking Dead one, that's 10 to 15 gigs, this and that. Um, those kinds of things. $10 are 
smaller games or games with episodes like Vader or Immortal. Um, for the most part, games are 20 to 30 And when you think about that, that's half the price of a AAA game and almost the same amount of gameplay, depending. Uh, of course, each person their own, right? I love military sim games in general and action games. First-person shooter to action games, those are what I gravitate towards. So Onward was an easy go. It's online multiplayer. It is 5v5. There's, it's, it's pretty good. Graphics aren't great, but they can be improved over time. The gameplay is phenomenal. It seems very realistic. The kicks of the guns, the recoil, the reloading. You're not reloading animation. You just have to physically reload it. And you learn all those things. You learn the gameplay modes. And it's a very relatively friendly community. And it's fun to just hop on and play by yourself or if you have friends. There's different modes, games. It's the ideal multiplayer. It is slower paced. It is simulation, more military-grade simulation. So if you're more of a COD person and you like to go fast, and you're comfy going fast in VR, I've heard that, um, oh geez, it just left me, um, Contractors is a better game for that, a little faster, less realistic, but Onward's phenomenal, couldn't give it any better praise. In Death Unchained is really fun, single player, jump around, you're killing ghouls, demons, whatnot, with a crossbow or bow and arrow, it sounds extremely boring, but it's not. It's got some of the most refined gameplay. Every mechanic works, and you you don't want to put it down. It's a roguelite action, so when you die, you start over. But that's not a bad thing, because you do un- unlock new upgrades, and you do figure out ways to keep on pushing and how to get better. And the dungeons change, and the levels change a little bit every time. So it keeps it fresh. So that's a phenomenal game, real fun. Ping pong realistic game, the simulation, I forget what it's called exactly. It's like playing ping pong, other than the weight of the paddle. I mean, and even then, you could say, you could argue that the weight of the Oculus Touch control is that. It's not quite as heavy, but but other than that, it's really fun. Um, So that's a good time. Rec Room is like a free game you download. It's got all these levels. It's like... Roblox mixed with Minecraft, essentially. You can build, you can play the preset modes. There's paintball, there's laser tag, there's charades. It, I mean, it varies, and there are a lot of people on it. Kids, a lot of kids, a lot of teenagers, a lot of annoying stuff in that sense, but if you can ignore that, you're fine. Also, a lot of adults, a lot of uh, people my age or older who just like to play those games, a lot of casual games. It's a good way to get someone introduced to uh oculus and it's it's one of those things where you and your friends can hop on and it's low stress and it's just fun so if onward you know after two matches of onward and you're like okay i think we've had enough there hop in rec room play some soccer play some charades it's just a good place to socialize and try things and experiment and learn and play and have fun and that's actually it's really versatile and took me a while to get into it because i'm like this is too much of a kid's game but if you can just wrap your head around the notion that it's lower grade graphics so you can fit more the world is yours it's an oyster i mean you could do an escape room at a, at stark tower to paintball made by the i mean there are levels and things made by the developers that are far more polished and then there are user built content that you can check out so that's definitely real fun vr chat is fun for those who want to just socialize and have fun it's very weird it takes a very skilled person and and a comfortable person 
Um, I've played some of it, but I'm not a huge fan of it. It's just not that social. So, but if you want a social experience, it's free. It's real fun as well. It's also kind of like Rec Room and how it's open where people build and play what they want. So that's cool. Uh... And really any other game, there's fishing simulators, boxing, boxing simulators, there's other shooters, there's racing games, there's, I mean, if there's a genre for it, it's there. Horror games, really, I haven't played any because I'm a little pussy, but that would, that would definitely do well on VR. So, the world's your oyster, and the games are not too expensive. You can get two, you know, more fully priced games in the 30 to $40 range, and that's the price of one new next-gen game. And when you're looking at it like that, it's really good. Of course, storage is a concern. You might have to offload games if you get the 64 gig. But, I mean, really, 64 gigs right now at where I'm at, I can still get 10 to 12 big title games, which would be over $300 at minimum. And I'm not spending that anytime soon, so I'm not too concerned. But the games play uh, extremely well. I do wish most of them had more demos. I haven't done many demos. I usually just buy the... I do extensive research and I kind of just get what I know I might like. And so far, I've been knocking it out of the park and I've only fully bought two games. But um, I wish every game had a demo. Just so you know how it feels. Because VR matters when it comes to how it feels. Other... Like Xbox, I could see why demos may not matter as much. But for this... It, the gameplay makes or breaks it. So watching videos and watching pictures doesn't do it justice. It might help you inform you on your decision, right? And like this podcast, this is just to give you info and, and and just to give my thoughts on it if you're interested in that part. But this is not as conducive as it actually just playing it. It's one of those things you just have to do because it's so immersive and it's so hands-on. So the games are extremely fun and... I haven't played a game I've disliked. There are probably plenty of games that aren't for me, but there's a Battle Royale game that's real popular. It also shows a moderate comfort... It shows a comfort level and sense of motion sickness for those who are uh, sensitive to that and a bunch of other privy information before you buy it. You can buy it through the app. You know, you can have your debit card connected or credit or whatever. Um, Buy it on the app, download it, manage almost everything through the Oculus app on your phone. And, of course, you can do it on your headset. It's real easy. You can make a wish list. It's all very streamlined. It's all there in the store. And a new update that's coming out apparently introduces um, something called App Labs, which is like beta, like I mentioned before, and allows more people to try free games or low-priced games that are like um, in beta, kind of like how Steam does. And that's really cool. Uh, And I assume that's going to be real fun to explore with my friends because we're always looking for the next VR title to kind of... uh, explore so that's really cool so so far games everything's i mean there's no reason not to get this headset other than if you're not going to play vr and um, of course if you can't afford it or want to save up that's understandable so yeah that's that's where games come in they're so far the games i've played are great and i imagine they're all fun in their own ways of course that's subjective you may like puzzles you might like shooters more. You might like racing games. You Oh, also there's like Explore. There are a bunch of free things to try. You can walk the uh, International Space Station. You can climb Mount Everest. You can, you know, there's some free programs. You can go to um, Anne Frank's house, which is really, really uh, incredible. 
You know, so it's also a great education platform. I really wish the Google Maps added or Google Earth was there. That would be really fun in VR. Um, only time will tell. Of course, more games, more apps will come. Every month, more come in. Kind of like the App Store, but it's but they're quality games. So you just got to look at what you want. Do some research. Um, BMF is a uh, B as in boy. M as in man. F as in Frank. Is a, <laughs> a really good YouTube channel for things specifically on oculus because if you're looking up vr stuff you might hear stuff from a different uh oculus quest 2 and quest 1 specifically not just oculus rift which is pc related so there are different games on that that you wouldn't be able to play and there are different modes and features or htc5 or whatever you know he really he he has an oculus quest 2 and an oculus quest 1 he knows a lot about it a lot and so he, he gets the insider scoop. He does great game reviews. He shows tips, tutorials. I mean, I've been using him as one of my main sources through you know YouTube to figure out, you know, A, if I wanted to buy it, but also what games that you know might interest me. Also, what accessories. So BMF, definitely check his channel out if you're new to Oculus because he's probably the best and everything you're watching pertains to the Quest, Oculus Quest uh, headsets. So if you get the Oculus Quest 2, which is this is about, then you don't have to worry about anything he's saying being all about something else, you know, and that helps. So all in all, it's an incredible headset. So um, we'll do one more break and then I'll do very brief conclusion. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Psychic's Thoughts. So I gave you a brief summary overview, my general thoughts on the Oculus Quest 2 for those who just want to stay around for the first, you know, 20 minutes, uh, and not stick around for however long this goes on for. Well, actually, there's been some new info, um, kind of addressing some of the cons I've had with the Oculus, which is, and I, I mentioned earlier, the biggest con being the battery, which you can only do so much about, and it's understandable. I don't know. I feel like in a time with such advanced batteries and lithium ions and uh, battery packs and all these things, that a headset, even though it's quite powerful, right? So it makes sense why it kind of wears the battery out in about a two and a half to three hour long play session. I would have liked to see that ticked up just a little more, maybe like four to five hours. Because in reality, let's say let's say on a full charge, you get three hours out of your favorite game. From the point you power it on to the point it's at one to three percent, where you just have to log off, and or or sometimes you, I guess you can keep playing till it dies if you're having that much fun. In reality, it's not actually three hours. With you know, you don't get three hours of gameplay. You get two hours to two and a half hours of gameplay right the the setup the guardian boundary sets the finding the app maybe messaging your friends maybe if the app crashes once maybe if you have to do an update or connect right anything else and so the the biggest con to me about the headset is that as soon as you turn it on at least for me especially when you're playing with friends you're racing against the clock i mean you are you're in a hurry to get on because it's so fun and it's so interactive 
and it really is just a blast and you, you really don't want to put it down. But as soon as you get it on, you're like, okay, we got to get shit going. Sometimes I thought maybe if I just have a plan in place so I can quickly, you know. And with friends, right? Xbox, PlayStation, even PC, all these other consoles, Nintendo Switch, not as good, but still quite efficient in, you know, online multiplayer with friends, having chat lobbies, having ways to join the game through the system as well as inside the game itself when everyone's opened on it. Oculus has yet to perfect that. Of course, it takes time. VR is a little different. I get that. But when we're talking that Facebook owns this company, (laughs) you'd think they'd get this shit down at this point. And there has been information on this new update that's rolling out slowly throughout, uh, throughout the next couple of weeks. Today is February 9th, so I'd say by the end of the month, all these small rolling software updates to the headset will be out by then. I I could only imagine. And it brings brings a lot of features, bug fixes, technicality fixes, yes. Uh, You know, helping uh, a setting on the sitting down guardian boundary. Uh, Excuse me. The stationary garden boundary is what it's called. The, as well as the, um, a new kind of play store, uh, an integration on these apps that are kind of in beta, essentially. Um, so you can download some for free or buy them. It just opens up the possibility of trying new games to Oculus users who don't have a PC, which is a great feature, uh, update, I, I think. And um, a Facebook Messenger integration. Now, some people are going to be a little peeved by this one because we, you know, a lot of people aren't fans of Facebook having their finger and everything. That's what she said. And I get that. Uh, I'm one of those people. I'm not a big fan of that. The fact that they own WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook itself, Oculus, all these other things, and things that are tied or integrated to them. Facebook, you know, has control over. You can't trust, fully trust anything, uh, any of these big tech companies. And I'm not trying to incite fear or paranoia in you. I'm just saying... They are collecting your information. They do know stuff about you that you might not know. It can be weaponized, so you do have to be careful. Um, you know, and someone might say, well, if I'm not doing anything wrong, what's there to care about? And it's like, no, you're not doing anything wrong. I'm not saying that they're going to use it to arrest people or ruin your life or, you know, leak stuff or whatever. No. But they use it to target ads. They use it to manipulate your thought process they they're in control of how the algorithms work so if you're using facebook for your main source of information uh news related you're not getting a a clean slate you're not getting a full perspective uh because the algorithms that are built are built because in a way so if you interact with something or engage with something more it will prioritize stuff related to that, even if it's just once. And you see that more and more, and they're able to share data across each other. So you might check something out on Amazon, and then you'll see that ad in Google. I mean, and, and I know I'm going a little off uh, 
off the beaten path here, but the uh, couple days ago, I was talking to my dad about uh, we were discussing our favorite Captain Crunch uh, variation, and I said I probably just go with the original. Um, I like he likes the peanut butter the most. I said I like the peanut butter, but I like the original the most, and I haven't had the berry in a in a long time, and so. Um, I'd be interested in getting trying that again because we were talking about what cereal to get next. We we're we're a big cereal uh, household, so if you don't fuck with cereal, we don't fuck with you. You know, <laughs> I'm kidding, but we do like our cereal, and um, and I just mentioned that, and and he's like, okay, but I still liked what we were eating, and the next day we were on we use we have one Alex we have a couple of Alexa uh, devices throughout the house. Um, it really helps for a shopping list. We turn off the camera, we mute it, you know, we're trying to be as safe as you can in this modern era. Um, but we have one in our kitchen, so when my, you know, when, when one of us is cooking or thinking of ingredients or stuff, we add it, and that's how we do grocery shopping now. We add it to the list. It's actually very helpful in that sense. But if we forget to mute it, it is listening to us, not to say, not, not to find our most crude and stupid jokes, but to um advertise and so the very next day uh clearly the alexa device was on and the very next day uh on when we were going and looking at the shopping list to figure out what to get uh it, it gave us a banner ad for captain crunch berry and that is the that is the greatest personal example i could give you on how how intrusive these things are starting to become um, so there are some basic safety privacies. Of course, you don't have to use these devices. That's kind of the easiest, but you're not not going to have a phone for the most part. And even if you do have a phone, um, you, I guess you, if you have a phone, you don't have to use social media, but for the most part you will, especially since everything's online, you need ways to connect. Even if you're not using Instagram or Facebook, you might be using LinkedIn and that collects your info. I mean, everything's collecting data. And because information is power and whatever company or group or organization has information is helpful. And it's not, it's not like, oh, Psychic really likes freestyle rap. It's not like one person is watching that. I mean, they could be. That could be a scenario. But it's more so that these algorithms pick up on these patterns. And people are naturally following habitual patterns. And that, that carries through on, on the... Uh, cybersphere. So, my point is, if you're trying, if you're really concerned about these kinds of things, you you're instantly you really can't think of getting an Oculus specifically, because you have to have a Facebook account in good standing, and it has to be linked to your Oculus to use it. That's actually the most controversial move of this entire headset. There's really no other widespread you know, issue that I've heard of. This console's been out since October of 2020, and it's getting, it's gotten um, incredible remarks when you consider the price and the performance and how much you get out of it. It is, it is remarkable engineering. It is, it works. And once, when you know what you're getting yourself into, you're giving, you're, you're hitting high marks. It's a very high quality top tier product and it's worth the money if you want to get into VR and VR gaming. That being said, if you do not want Facebook to know about you further, then I wouldn't use this. 
On the contrary, though, if you use Instagram and Facebook, um, they already know what they need to know. It's nothing new. They're not scanning your retinas and your face and there's no cameras inside of the device. You know what I mean? There's not... They're not doing things like that, They, but they will be, you are using Facebook integration software, so you will be using, when you use a voice activator or when you look at their browser or when you sign into stuff, because you can do web browsing, right? If you're not using a, like, if you're using Oculus, anything that is branded by Oculus within their software that isn't just games, you know, it's it's tracking, and you have to accept that it will record you your it can record some of your gameplay and your um and your mic so it's another surveillance tool it can be used for that i don't think it ever will be and no one really cares that much i think they actually have that on for um developers so they know when it crashes for like crash reports which is fine and then they also have it on for if there is a um uh, cyber bullying and harassment but um or if you want to take record clips it's the biggest that's the biggest reason if you want to record your own clips with your with your buddies talking um that's probably the biggest reason but regardless of all that it's integrated so if you are anti social media anti internet tech I don't know why you'd be considering getting a VR headset, but if you if you do, if that's going to be your first big tech purchase, don't do an Oculus because it's owned by Facebook. They're all owned by large companies, mind you, but Facebook, Facebook has been pretty intrusive. Their policies are getting better. Um, personally, for me, if I were to invest my comfort in, if I had to choose one of the big companies for cybersecurity comfort of all of them, and none of them are perfect, right? It would be Apple. Um, sure, they've had some... They're not perfect, and they've had some hiccups in the past, but they really have done a good job in trying to make it so privacy is validated, and I appreciate that. So, would I get the new Apple VR headset? No, probably not. That That's really... I think they're looking at it for like a thousand bucks and Oculus is better price, probably plays better. They've had more time to work on it and it's got a great game store. Okay, so I got that rant out of the way. That could be an entirely different podcast and I'm sorry for kind of going off on the tangent, but that's just, that's how I do sometimes. So, um, but you have to have a Facebook account. And so when I was first playing it, and I was playing with my my friends, I was like, this is weird that I have a Facebook account that's directly tied to it. Um, Like when I share something, a clip of mine, it goes to my Facebook feed, which is kind of cool. If I want, I don't, I would rather be able to also like download it from the app itself, but like the Xbox app does, but I don't know. They might add that later. Anywho, um... So it, you think when you're connected to the largest and most influential social media conglomerate in the world that it would know how to do social interactions within its own headset? And, and it no, it's not terrible, but it's not great. 
you you of course you can message your friends you can add them if they're friends on facebook or if they're friends on oculus it's not like it's missing and it's not like it's completely broken it's just surprisingly lacking in fluidity and ease of access and by that i mean for the most part other than like rec room which is like one of the it's like the Wii Sports of the Oculus. You download it for free. It's very fun. It has a lot of versatility to it and a really good social, casual game. Other than that, for the and I don't even know if this works all the time, you can't, if you're inside a game and you try to message your buddy, good luck because you have to type that shit in individually and it doesn't, the voice thing isn't, usually doesn't work within the app. I don't know why. Um, finding somebody you still have to manually search that uh inviting them to a party through the oculus headset is pointless and the connectivity is ass i mean you have usually like in my experience on xbox it's just better to be in the party on the system that way if you switch games or if someone disconnects you can all keep talking right as long as their xbox doesn't turn off or they don't lose internet and Oculus, it doesn't work. It only works when you're not in a game. Because most games don't allow the Oculus party to... And even when it's working, when I invited my friend one time, it was... Anyway, it's just not a desirable thing. And here's the other thing. With that time limit, as soon as you turn the headset, you're running down the clock. If you're trying to maximize time with your friends and try to synchronize when they get online at the same time, it's not like getting on Xbox where you're like, I'm I'm already on, I'll see you, and your friend's like, I'll be on in 15 minutes. You're like, okay, cool. You have to think, if they say they'll be on in 30 minutes and you're really hopping on that night because you just want to play with them, which sometimes I only hop on VR to play with my, my friends. I don't always just want to play by myself on there. Um, I'd like to do that as well, but sometimes I'm feeling like just sitting down and playing Xbox. Um, and so, but if my buddies are going to get on, I'll be like, yeah, let me, I'll hop on in a minute. And it, and it's not like you lose, it's not, I'm, I'm over-exaggerating here. It's not as bad as it seems, but it's a little, it's a little cumbersome because there's no way to, f- tell you're checking the social there's no pop-up saying your friend is online which is weird um sending them a chat to invite them to the game is tedious you can't join them from a game just by looking at it you can't always tell if they're in a game or not um it's just a process it's you have to take off your headset or turn on pass through to check your phone to make sure they're and that's that's the biggest thing about it. You know, that's the other thing. Even on Xbox, it's not like you can tell. It's not like it's all-seeing. It's just when they're online, it pops up, you know, they're online, and you invite them. But if you're planning to get on and both of you aren't on the device, you have to text or call or, you know, communicate elsewhere. And when you have a VR headset on your head, it's a little trickier because you might shoot a text, say, hey, you on? And then put your phone down to check in there, and then they shoot a text and you don't know, you know? And this is what kicks me. You know, this is what gets me, my feathers ruffled, is the fact that it's Facebook. They have a Messenger app, a very popular one. In fact, it's the most used social media app on the App Store, right? It's the most downloaded social media app right now, or top three for the most part. Most people have it, even if they don't use it. They at least have it. 
why can't they do that? In, like, why can't you message someone through the Oculus app or message them through Facebook Messenger and somebody can see it in their headset? That's it. If they just added that, that would make life 110% easier. You don't have to take off your headset. You don't have to check your phone. You don't have to call. You don't have to text. It's just they'll message you. You'll see it in in, in the um, in Oculus on the headset. And the they need to fix the party chat stuff. They need to make it so when you join someone's party through the system, you guys can hop through games, no issue. Those are the biggest issues on multiplayer for the most part. I mean, there's really no other issue. You know what would also be a really cool feature? Just if anybody is listening in authority of, of, of Facebook. I don't know how they would do this, but depending on, like in whatever game, when you're playing with your friends or... Um, like specifically if you're in a party with your friends in the game it would be really cool if you could like look at them and it shows the basic info on you know maybe their their gamer tag which you don't necessarily need if they're your friends it doesn't matter but it already usually shows that and it shows the battery on their headset that would be really nice because um yeah, I, I just think that would be kind of a cool feature. So you know where your friend's battery's at so you can gauge how much time you can, all of you have. Because that's, that's the only thing that stops peop, stops us from playing. I mean, yeah, we have responsibilities, jobs, and stuff, so we have to get off at some point. But we could you we could probably always, my friends and I, who we try to play a couple times a week on VR, they're the ones that really got me into it more. I mean, I studied it and wanted to get one, but they were the ones that pushed me to get one um, in this time frame. <laughs> when we're playing, it's always like, what's your battery? What's your bat? We always have to do a battery check to make sure, you know? And so I just think you shouldn't worry about those kinds of things when you're playing with your friends. And for the most part, you don't. But the 10 minutes that you are worrying or when you're coming down to the end of it, it's not the end of the world. You're just like, oh, batteries, you know, coming down to 10%, guys. It was my last match or whatever. It's not, I am exaggerating this, but. I do think it would be very nice to have some more fluidity and ease of access, at least in a system that is owned by Facebook. And it seems that they're doing that in a new software update. They are integrating Messenger, so you can now finally message through the Messenger app to Facebook, just like I said. And that's I've been begging for that since I first touched this headset. I'm like, this would be, make much more sense. Since they're already integrating it everywhere else, they might as well just put it here, you know? You can't use this headset without being logged into Facebook and connected. So it's not like having Facebook Messenger changes much. In fact, it makes things easier. It's not it's it's not a separate messaging system. And also, by the way, the messaging system the party and messaging system on Oculus as of right now looks the same exact as I mean it has the same icons and UI as Facebook Messenger so you think it's actually Facebook Messenger but it's not it's not fully integrated yet so anyway those are just those are some grievances multiplayer wise battery that's the other thing um and you know honestly it might actually have more juice than people give it credit for it might actually have a four hour battery it's just that these games run it down so um Maybe there can be another software update that helps reduce battery load. Also, low power mode. I don't see why that couldn't be an option. 
I guess you need your games to run regardless. So I don't know. I don't know. I think they're. I think they're. They. I've been told that this the processing power and computing power of this thing has headroom to expand. And as great as that is, my my two biggest concerns in that department are storage for a sixty four gigabyte, which is plenty of storage by the way. You can still offload games and save your data. It's not like you uninstall games and save all your data. It's not like you lose everything when you do that. It's just a little more. It's a little more work once it gets that point. I'm not even a quarter of the way through my storage yet, so I don't even have to worry about that. But but beyond that, so the games will get bigger. But also, I assume if they become more powerful and graphically intensive, as cool as that is and as efficient as that may run, that would also probably drain the battery faster. So if at the same time they can optimize it to at least keep the battery from draining too much. I mean, there are people who have made workarounds and attach external battery packs to tie it to the headset. I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. I'm not doing all that work f- just for to juice a few extra hours out of it. As cool as that would be, I would just like to see a software update. That so, I I don't know. Or at least or at least have a low power mode. I don't, as you can tell, I don't fully understand the mechanics of this thing. But it'd be really cool if they had just a low power mode that you're aware of as you're browsing stuff before you jump into a game. Like, any time in between game, it goes on low power mode. It still works and everything. It's just, it really doesn't worry about processing a lot of things. Unless, of course, you're web browsing, watching videos and stuff. But you know what I mean? When you're just in the menu and you're just at the home screen, you're... Because you're probably within that there for 10 to 30 minutes, give or take depending on a PlayStation, how many games you switch through, how many people you message, whatever. So why not make that feature low power consuming to the point where like that time is not taking away from your gameplay time. That would be very helpful. So those are some of the cons. Um, and that's, that's it. That's not, that's not a lot. That's really, I mean, I can't really complain. I can't say like, People who, okay, don't get this expecting you're going to get Rainbow Six Siege, but realistic style. You know, you're not getting those kinds of graphics. You're not getting terrible graphics. I mean, sometimes you're getting harsh graphics like 2008 to 2010 Xbox 360 looking graphics. But that doesn't matter. It really doesn't. You're not looking around like, oh, the visual fidelity of this and it's 24. No, you're not doing that. You're... You're in the shit, you're playing it, and the gameplay will always dominate graphic fidelity when it comes to VR, I think, in terms of noticeability and significance. That being said, I do hope that more games become a little more graphically um, pleasing, because that also helps with immersion. It doesn't have to be what these new Xbox Series X, PS5, and new PC games have to look like, by any means. That would, I guarantee you, if you had to run a next-gen if you had run 2019 Modern Warfare at that graphic fidelity on VR, that'd be fun to just have COD on there. But if they did that, oh, Lord, that would probably kill the battery in 20 minutes. I mean, it's heavy-duty processing stuff. Um, these games are 3 to 5 gigs on average. Some of them are 10, 9 to 10. Those are the Those are the heavy hitters. Those do have better graphics. Those are... A little higher price. So yeah, um, 
I think that, like they, like I've said, they've left some headroom to improve, to add updates that improve the gameplay experience, the graphic fidelity, the amount of games, the ease of you. Instead of, instead of giving you a device that, as soon as you're playing these games, it's maxing out its potential of power. No, it's it's got plenty of headroom, and it's and they're only coming up with better optimizations to make everything run even smoother. So that's a big plus. Anyway, that was a long tangent of cybersecurity, some of the cons, and how to remedy them for the Oculus Quest 2. And now we're going to get into the pros after this break. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. I know this is kind of a, a longer episode, or it seems to be in terms of the individual segments. Um, I drone on, and I go off on tangents and these things, but that's what I like to do. I like to fully flesh out my thoughts and feelings towards things. That's why I created this podcast channel. So if you're listening all the way through, I appreciate it. Um, I gave that brief overview summary in the beginning, knowing that this might go on a little long, and someone might be like, okay, I get the point, you know? Um, that way in the first 15 to 20 minutes, uh, you guys just know that I already love this and I think you should get it if you can. Um, and if you want to, of course, don't just get it cause it's cool. Get it if you're going to use it. Yeah. I mean, and that was one of those things where I was kind of concerned cause sometimes I don't, not video game things really, but there have been times where I've gotten stuff that I thought was cool, like a gadget or whatever. And I never used it much. Like, I used it for the first week, and I was like, ah, I just kind of fell off. But this is a gaming hardware. I'm transferring to a college dorm uh, in the fall. And so, as stressful as that is on its own, um, you know, I, was, I, I love gaming. It's just one of my favorite pastimes. Way to relax, way to enjoy myself, way to connect with friends in another manner. Um, I have an Xbox Series, not Series X, Xbox One X. <laughs> Um, I would like to have a Series X at some point. I was thinking about getting getting the parts and building a PC, but that was too much work on top of the psychic stuff, on top of family, on top of long distance, on top of college, and everything else in between. Um, just didn't have the time and the money, and so that's okay. Uh, I can worry about that later. Because um, I'm happy playing console games. Uh, I really don't mind it. And... Um, I've played on PC. I know the difference. I know a better frame rate. I know better store, more ease of access, better pricing. So I know it's a better investment, but right now, it's not. Especially since I don't know how big my dorm will be. How I can configure PC, uh, all that. I assume it will fit one, but who knows. So um, I was just planning on getting a very small monitor TV. Hooking my Xbox up to it, which I might still do, because I still love playing my Xbox. But now, I, I'm even more comfy, because this uh, headset is very portable. And also, when you get this, you keep the box. Keep the box it comes in. Nothing else will fit it. Will, will fit it. Will fit the Oculus stuff. It fits your headset and your controllers perfectly. It's a good way if you need to keep information on it or other accessories. I just have my Oculus box. I don't put my headset in it. I put my controllers in it. I keep my microfiber cloth in it. I keep my motion sickness bands and some of the info on it. So that's, uh, I suggest you do that and, um, cause it's really helpful. So yeah, the, yeah, keep the box, just do it. It's not, it's not going to hurt you. It really isn't, um, it's a nice box, too. It's, I mean, it's well-built. It's not like a cheap cardboard, you know, it's 
designed for this and it's pretty secure. It's not like a carrying case. I would assume if you were going to travel with it a lot, you might want to buy something else. But it's a good place to house your stuff uh, because it is a hardware. It is mobile. There is no cords other than when you're charging it. There, You could buy a separate, I believe, for $50 a PC uplink. So if you have a PC but you still want to get the Quest 2, but please, please keep in mind, Quest 2 is not just for people who don't have PCs. Plenty of people with PCs get this because it's cheaper. Um, but also because they don't like wires. It's, that's, excuse me, um, my dog is licking himself because he just got out of the pool. We have a pool and he likes to swim in there. And so he does a full bath and he's got a loose lip, so he's, he's, uh, very annoying that way. I love him, but, so if you hear weird sounds, just know it's my dog cleaning himself on my carpet right now. But anyway, um, keep the box People with PC will also get these things because they are cheap. They are affordable. There is a $30 or $50, I don't remember exactly, uh, little USB adapter that you... Now he's rolling on the carpet. Come on, Bo. There's a little adapter that you plug straight into the headset that allows you to link it to your Steam stuff so you can download games through that and or play right through your PC, which offends um, some of the power. Probably allows you to play games you wouldn't be able to by itself it also i assume powers it so you don't have to then again it's a cord so you're still it's only one cord which isn't as bad but it's still a cord um plenty of people with vr who love vr have found even though the power and the flexibility in games is great when they're on pc they have so many cords and things going on it's too immerse immersion breaking and i played at a friend's house who has a real nice pc has a Oculus uh, Rift one, um, and it was really cool. But there were so many chords you really did have to keep that in mind. You had to keep people away. This you could you could play at a motel. You don't need anything else but the but the headset and the controllers, and that's the beauty of it. It's mobility. It's flexibility. Flexibility. The entry price point, and the fact that you're still getting great games. It's not short changing you. You, some of these games are on PC, you know? They're not they're not cheap, you know? It's not like uh, you'd be getting, like, Apple eyes, iPhone game quality, like, mobile games on this. Um, no, nothing against mobile games, but that would suck if you buy a $400 headset for VR and you're getting games at the quality of what mobile games would be when you should be getting full VR-optimized, built games, you know? And that's, that's it, that the... That's my conclusion. I'm sorry. I'm so out of it. I had to wake up very early today and do a lot. But the beauty of Oculus Quest 2, remember Quest 2 or Quest 1, but mostly Quest 2 is what I have and that's what I'm discussing, um, is it is a three to 400, depending on which size you get, entry point. It has a large library of games. It's not like you're going to burn through games unless you're a millionaire. I mean, you like I said, 10... If you buy $30, which is about the average price of a full-size, decent decent game, I would say. Um, plenty of good free games, by the way. Plenty of great $10 games. I'm not saying... The price doesn't change the quality of the game, necessarily. It just gives you a gauge on... Like Onward. Onward is like um, is like the Battlefield or more a little more military sim-leaning. But it's like Rainbow Six meets Battlefield sort of thing. Right, full multiplayer suite, single player, no campaign, but like 
training grounds and bots and wave and play with friends and their servers and all these things it's a full-on multiplayer game and that's 30 30 bucks right to give you kind of a price point which is a fair i think considering how much that game is doing so my point being the games are reasonably priced you if you do research like any game and find the games you like start with the free ones get acclimated to to this if you're prone to motion sickness and you start feeling queasy or even if you're not people who aren't prone to motion sickness may get motion sickness in the first week of getting adjusted to this don't push yourself further take it off it's okay you don't push through motion sickness. That's not how it works. You have to remedy this the the issue. Otherwise, you will actually make it worse next time you get on. So if you have severe motion sickness, maybe get some motion wristbands. I take the ginger pill, right? 30 minutes before I play. Last 24 hours too. So if I play before that time again, I'm, I'm covered. Um, you know, cooler climates. Stay hydrated and just be vigilant. If you start getting queasy, take a break. I, I did. I on Rec Room, which is kind of sad to say, the kids game, I got queasy. And it's actually because the frame rate wasn't as consistent as any other game. It's not bad, it just wasn't as consistent. So when it dipped during the faster portions of the game, I was getting a little queasy. And I told my friends, I'm like, I, I need to sit down a minute. Give me uh, give me a five-minute break. And I did, had some water, and I was okay. We played, We switched the game mode within Rec Room to something that was a little better optimized. So, you know, it's just being vigilant and being aware for motion sickness people or if you ever get prone to that and um and yeah that's it i it's mostly positive i know the cons are very very minimal and kind of like no duh you get something that is wireless of course it's going to be battery operated and of course with that horsepower it may not be as efficient and excuse my dog may not be as efficient in um the lifespan um okay that's all right kind of comes with the territory the games are not always going to be graphically incredible but they're going to play very well if standard frame rate i believe is 70 hertz you know 70 frames per second and now it's actually 90 unless the game isn't optimized for that and that's a difference because once you go from that to console, even if your console's rocking at 60 frames per second, you notice the difference. It feels sluggish. Because not only are you moving your hands, but they're moving at a faster frame rate than if you use a controller. Or even, I, I know the PC could have a higher frame rate, but I would beg to differ the immersion of using your hands. Yes, you have controllers on your hands, but it, you get so acclimated to them, they're just that. It also has hand tracking. It's not perfect, but if you don't have your controllers on you, you can't really play games with it, but you can at least navigate the menu and do some basic stuff with that. So you can turn that feature on too. And there's a myriad of other goodies and features tucked away in this beautiful piece of hardware that if you're not tapping in or paying attention to gaming or VR, you may miss. And I think for people who aren't even into gaming, this is a breakthrough. This will introduce them to games. I think it could be used for therapy. I think it could be used for teaching, um, especially other people's perspectives. Um, I've always been big on how do we get kids and other people to learn other cultures and perspectives without necessarily having to live through it, right? Um, this would be a step into doing uh, 
educate, uh, finding ways to educate people in a fun and more immersive way that helps them utilize problem solving and, and, pro- and critical thinking and emotional reasoning beyond what they may be used to. There's many implications that VR can hold, as you can see. Augmented reality, too. Um, a little different, but VR is an incredible thing. I do wish they added a, like a brightness within the screen um, thing. I don't know if they do, but sometimes um, I'm like, this is a little bright for me, but that's, that's a me thing. Anyway, the Oculus Quest 2, I highly recommend you get it, I, um, if you can. It's a very fun gaming machine. And it's one of those things, once you have it, you'll know why everybody else loves theirs. So, thank you for listening to my disjointed ramblings. Um, My initial thoughts on this. I will be doing more, because I'm playing this consistently. So, I'll be doing updates on, you know, new games, uh, software updates, what I think of it now. You know, maybe more ideas as I learn more about it and play more. This is a long time coming. I've had this for almost a month now. I've played about 20 plus hours. Um, I've been meaning to make something like this. And I have much more to say on it. So I can't wait to do more podcasts about VR. Thank you all and have a good day.